Part three, chapter twenty six of Quo Vadis, a tale of the time of Nero. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Quo Vadis by Henrik Sienkiewicz, translated by Binyan and Malevsky. Part three, chapter twenty six. The news of Lygia's miraculous rescue spread rapidly among those Christians who had escaped destruction. Believers came to look upon her to whom the grace of Christ had been so manifestly shown. First came Nazarius and Miriam, at whose house Peter the Apostle was concealed, and after them came others. All of them, together with Vinitius, Lygia, and the Christian slaves of Petronius, listened with rapt attention to the narrative of Ursus, as he related how a voice had spoken to his soul and commanded him to struggle with the wild bull. All departed much consoled, and believing that Christ would not allow his followers to be exterminated in this vale of tears before his coming to the day of judgment, and this hope supported them, for the persecution was not yet over whomever public opinion denounced as a christian him the officers of the city seized and dragged to prison the number of victims indeed were growing fewer because the majority of the faithful had been seized and tortured to death the christians who were left had either deserted rome to wait in distant provinces until the storm was over or were concealing themselves in hiding-places not daring to assemble for common prayers except in sand-pits in the outskirts of the city but the persecution was still going on, however, for though the games were over, the newly arrested were preserved for future series of games or were convicted without delay. Though the Roman people did not believe that the Christians had caused the conflagration, still they were denounced as the foes of mankind and the state, and the edict against them remained in full force. For a long time the Apostle Peter did not venture into the house of Petronius, but at last one evening Nazarius announced his arrival. Lygia, who was now able to walk unaided, and Vinitius hurried to meet him and embraced his feet. He greeted them with all the greater emotion because so few sheep remained in the fold over which Christ had placed him, and the fate of whom filled his great heart with anguish. Consequently, when Vinitius said to him, o lord through your intercession the saviour gave her back to me he replied he gave her back to you because of your faith and that not all the lips which praised him might be silent evidently he was thinking then of the thousands of his children who had been torn to pieces by wild beasts of those crosses which had filled the arena and those fiery pillars in the gardens of the beast for he spoke with great emotion Vinitius and Lygia noticed also that his hair had grown quite white, that his body was bent, and that his face gave as much evidence of sadness and suffering as if he had passed through all the pains and tortures which had been endured by the victims of Nero's rage and malice. But they both understood as Christ had delivered himself to torture and death, nobody could avoid such suffering. Nevertheless the sight of the apostle, bent by age and pain, pierced them to the heart so vinitius who intended in a few days to take lygia to naples to meet pomponia there and go on to sicily entreated him to leave rome with them but the apostle laid his hand on the head of vinitius and replied 
i hear in my soul the words of the lord which he spoke to me on lake tiberius when thou wert young thou didst gird thyself and go whither thou wouldst but when thou shalt be old thou shalt stretch forth thy hand and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldst not it becomes me therefore to follow my flock and when they were silenced by the words although they did not understand them he added my toil is nearly over i shall find refuge and rest only in the house of the lord and then he turned towards them and said remember me because i have loved you as the father loves his children and whatever ye do in life do it for the glory of god with these words he raised his aged hands and blessed them they nestled up to him feeling that this perhaps would be the last blessing they should receive from him but it was destined that they should see him once again a few days later petronius brought dreadful news from the palatine it had been discovered that one of caesar's freedmen was a christian and on him were found letters of the apostles peter and paul and also letters of james john and judas peter's presence in rome had been known to tigellinus but he thought that the apostle had perished with the thousands of other believers now it was evident that the two leaders of the new faith were still alive and that they were in rome it was determined that they must be found and captured at any price because it was believed that only with their deaths could the hated sect be eradicated petronius was told by vestinius that caesar himself had issued an order to cast peter and paul in the mamertine prison within three days and that whole detachments of the praetorians had been sent to search all the houses in the trans tiber as soon as he heard this Phinicius resolved to warn the apostle in the evening he and ursus donned gallic mantles whose hoods covered their faces and made their way to the house of miriam situated in the outskirts of the city at the foot of the janiculum hill on the way they saw houses surrounded by soldiers led by unknown persons this division of the city was alarmed here and there groups of curious people had assembled centurions went about examining the prisoners and endeavoring to gain information about simon peter and paul of tarsus ursus and vinicius however outstripped the soldiers and arrived safely at the house of miriam where they found peter surrounded by a handful of the faithful timothy paul's assistant and linus were at the side of the apostle on hearing of the approaching danger nazarius led all by a hidden passage to the garden gate and then on to some deserted quarries a few hundred yards from the janiculum gate ursus was obliged to carry linus whose bones broken by tortures had not yet knit together but when they had entered a quarry they felt safe and by the light of a torch which nazarius lit they held a consultation carried on in low voices as to the best means of saving the life of the apostle who was so dear to them master said vinicius to peter let nazarius at the break of day guide thee to the alban hills we will find thee there and take thee to antium where a vessel waits to transport us both to naples and sicily it will be a blessed day and hour when thou shalt enter my house and bless my home all the others approved this plan and urged the apostle to accept saying take refuge o shepherd stay not in rome preserve the living truth so that it may not perish with us and with thee hear us who implore thee as our father do this in the name of christ cried others clinging to the apostle's garments but peter answered my children who knows when the lord will mark the end of his life 
but he did not say that he would not leave rome and he was in doubt as to what course to pursue because for some time uncertainty and fear had stolen into his soul his flock was dispersed his work had come to naught the church which before the burning of the city had flourished like a great tree had been annihilated by the power of the beast there was nothing left but tears and the remembrances of agonies and death the sowing had yielded an abundant crop but satan had trampled it down legions of angels had not come to rescue the perishing and nero sat upon the throne of the world terrible and more powerful than ever lord of the sea and of the land many a time had the fisherman blessed the lord stretched his hands towards heaven in his loneliness and asked o oh lord what shall i do how can i a powerless old man wage war against the invincible power of evil which thou hast allowed to rule and to whom thou hast granted victory and from the depths of his anguish he cried out in his soul the sheep which thou didst command me to feed are no more thy church is no more in thy capital are only sounds of mourning what are now thy commands am i to stay here or shall i lead forth what remains of thy flock to glorify thy name in concealment somewhere beyond the sea he hesitated he believed that the living truth could not perish that it must prevail but at times he thought that the hour had not yet come that it would come only when the lord should descend upon earth on the day of judgment in glory and power greater a hundredfold than those of nero often it seemed to him that if he left rome the faithful would follow him and then he would lead them far away to the shady groves of galilee to the quiet waters of the lake of tiberius to throw in their lot with shepherds as peaceful as doves or as the sheep that grazed there in the valleys and the heart of the fisherman was filled with a yearning for peace and rest and for the lake and for galilee his eyes frequently moistened with tears but the moment he made up his mind a sudden fear and anxiety seized him how was he to leave that city whose sacred soil had drunk the blood of martyrs and where so many dying lips had given witness to the truth should he alone shrink from his fate and what answer could he make to the words of the lord these have suffered death for the faith but thou didst flee he passed nights and days in anxiety and distress others whom lions had torn to pieces who had expired on crosses who had been burned in the gardens of caesar now slept in peace after their moments of torture but he could not sleep and suffered greater tortures than any of those invented by persecutors for victims often the dawn whitened the roofs of houses while he was still crying from the depths of his suffering heart o lord why didst thou order me to come here and found thy capital in the den of the beast during all the thirty-four years since the death of his master he had known no rest with staff in hand he had travelled over the wide world to spread the good tidings his strength had been exhausted by his travels and toils and at last when in this city the capital of all the world he had established the work of his master the fiery breath of malice had blighted it and he saw that the struggle must be undertaken anew and what a struggle on one side caesar the senate the people the legions encircling the world with chains of iron lands innumerable such power as was never seen before 
and on the other side he so weakened with age and toil that his trembling hand could scarcely carry his staff often he told himself that he was no match for the great caesar and that christ alone had the power to uphold him these thoughts passed through his careworn head as he listened to the prayers of the last handful of his faithful followers who surrounding him in an ever-narrowing circle besought him with imploring voices hide thyself o rabbi and deliver us from the power of the beast linus himself at last bowed before him his tortured head master he said the saviour commanded thee to feed his sheep but they are here no longer or they will disappear on the morrow go therefore where thou mayst still find them the word of god still lives in jerusalem in antioch in ephesus and in other cities what wilt thou gain by staying in rome if thou shouldst fall thou wilt only magnify the triumph of the beast the lord has not foretold the limit of john's life paul is a roman citizen and cannot be condemned without a trial but if the powers of hell prevail against thee o teacher those who have lost heart already will ask who is greater than nero thou art the rock upon which the church of the lord is founded let us die but suffer not antichrist to prevail over the vice-regent of god and return not here till the lord has crushed him who shed the blood of innocence regard our tears repeated all who were present tears coursed down the cheeks of peter also after a time he rose and stretching his hands over the kneeling people said may the name of the lord be glorified and may his will be done end of part three chapter twenty six